your own professional rest is not something that we earn. It is not something that we get to later if we work hard enough. Rest or these small moments to culminate and integrate are professional assets that you can leverage to your benefit. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Bain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Why, hello there. It's your gal, Carly. And today's episode, I'm actually recording it on December 21st, which means this is the winter solstice. This is the darkest day of the year, at least up here in the Northern Hemisphere where I am. And this is a time where my family gathers in very small groups these days, and we light a lot of candles. We light birthday candles for my sister and my nephew both have birthdays this month. We just lit eight days of the Hanukkah menorah, and there are bulbs twinkling as we speak on the hot pink Christmas tree that showed up unexpectedly at my house this year, and I will tell you about that in a future episode because there's definitely a story there. But I'm noticing, you know, for so many years, I really fought these dark days. I am such a sun person. And I would always say that the winter was something to avoid. It was something I railed against. It was something I was always plotting and escape from. But something shifted a few years ago when I was forced to slow down when my former fiance, Adam, passed away in December. And I noticed that as I started giving myself respite during these darker days, Not only did my work and income not slow down, it grew stronger. There is such richness in the dark. This is a time where we don't have to be on. We don't have to be the bright lights to everybody else. Rather than being on, we can be in or with, with others or with ourselves. And so these darker days, both literally and figuratively, in nature, in our careers, in our own personal experience, well... They're all of nature asking us to cozy up, to sleep more. This is a time to get curious, to listen, to replenish, and to cherish that fertile space between what was and what will be. These are the moments where we tend to our roots now so that we can rise a lot stronger. It's just such faulty thinking to expect ourselves to be in summer all the time, all year round, right? To crank out this visible outward work at the same breakneck pace every single day, as if we didn't also have rhythms and needs for respite, because we're part of nature too. And I've got to tell you, when we stop resisting that, we can really leverage the darker moments. The way through the dark, I've learned, and I'm curious what your experience is too, is that we actually have to walk through it. We can't circumvent it. We don't get to go around it without somehow sacrificing some of the rich wisdom that happens in these stiller moments. You see, we find our professional light. We can see it when we sit in these darker, stiller places. And I don't know why people in the Northern Hemisphere where I live think that January 1st is a good time of year to start new things. That to me is ridiculous. This is the worst time of year, at least where in my part of the globe, 
for big plans and action steps because the days are shorter. (laughs) The weather's cold. We all just want to curl up and hibernate. That's our go-to move. And it just takes so much energy to fight our natural rhythm. And we're noticing that women who thrive professionally in our modern economy, they learn to leverage their own dark days. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about on this episode. This is really a time for rest, for slowing down, whatever that might look like for you. And we'll get more specific about that because it doesn't necessarily mean taking days or weeks off. But this is definitely a time where you might find that the most productive things you could do will not look like anything to anyone else. You might find yourself really feeling like you don't have answers right now, that you have a lot of things you're wondering about, you're curious about. Sometimes that can even turn to worried about. And this is really our opportunity to hold those questions intentionally without rushing the answers. And I say that because the answers you seek, they arrive in direct proportion to the amount of space you give yourself to just be. And I know that's counterintuitive. We can't force our way through this fertile void. We actually have to navigate intentionally through it. So today I'm going to encourage you to cozy up with me for a little bit. And I'm going to share the method that has worked so well for us for the past 14 years in my company around intentionally resting professionally. And if you've listened to any episodes before, you know I love a good acronym, anything to help me remember a system or a process that worked. And when I looked at what we've been doing, I kid you not, the acronym was PPE. And there was no pun intended there. (laughs) That was like not a plan. But I also think that there's no coincidence because when we do these three things we're going to cover today, our professional PPE, it really does keep us sturdy. It keeps us thriving as companies, as people without fear of exhaustion, mistakes, or missing out This is where we finally let go of our professional FOMO and we're able to focus on what we care about. So frankly, these three things, our PPE really does keep us healthy. So that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Number one, I'm going to share the recipe for our professional PPE. And then number two, I'm going to go over five things that this year has helped me understand in a much deeper way. But first, I just want to say this. If you're tired... If you have been through a lot this year, if you're wondering how you're going to have the stamina to continue in 2021, this is the episode for you. I am making this baby for you because you are not alone in feeling this way. My intention is that you're going to leave this particular episode feeling like you've processed a little bit more from this past year. And perhaps you're even going to give yourself a little bit more permission to go deeper into these dark moments, to not be afraid of them and find that your own professional rest is not something that we earn. It is not something that we get to later if we work hard enough. Rest or these small moments to culminate and integrate are professional assets that you can leverage to your benefit because burnout is not the problem. Burnout is really just a symptom that your body or your mind and spirit, they're showing up right on time, reminding you to go back into these quiet moments, to that fertile space between what was and what will be. And this is a great time of year to consider that space. Burnout is really the commonly used phrase that stands for a much deeper invitation. And that invitation is just to do things in a new way. 
a way that gives you energy, that turns on your light instead of draining it. And I hope that is exactly what today's episode offers you. So if you are a regular listener to Messy and Magnificent, you have definitely heard me talk about the four seasons of strategic success and specifically the culmination process. One of those seasons being kind of like fall, the season where we pause and we integrate and we marinate. And we call times that are tricky, that are hard, where we don't have the answers, often kind of that dark night of the soul, right? That's like a cliche. And these dark nights, they can be brutally hard to navigate. They can be really challenging. And they are literally the source of what matters. Now, this is what kind of nerd I am when I start doing research. But I know that NASA has explained that there's this, quote, cosmic web, they call it, this large-scale backbone of our cosmos. And it consists primarily of this mysterious substance known as dark matter, right? Dark matter, we can't see it but it makes up the bulk of the universe's material. I've seen some estimates that explain that 80% of what exists in our universe is actually dark matter. And it just reminds me, and I'll put a link to some of these uh, reports from, from NASA here in the show notes in case you're a science nerd like I am, but it reminds me that the darkness is essential. And what can't be seen is also what binds us right? It's what matters, literally. (laughs) I know we're going deep on the matter pun here, but what matters most is mostly unseen. And we live in a culture, especially professionally, where we're expected to be in summer all the time, right? As I was talking about earlier, where if we're not showing an outward bright beam of light to the world, if we're not showing numbers quantifiably rising up on a chart, there's this myth that something's wrong. But those answers that we're looking for, they really do arrive in proportion to the amount of space we give ourselves to hold questions, to explore and go a little deeper. And this year, we're not going to have a quick transition into the new year because of COVID. And there are many times like that. It's not just this year. There are many times where the space between where we are and where we want to be feels vast especially if we're starting to live and operate with more awareness. So a lot of my clients, women who begin to reclaim their time or to get more conscious about the career steps they want to make, they start to really feel the contrast between where they are and where they want to go as they get clearer about what their next steps are. Sometimes this looks like things like, okay, Carly, the more I take care of myself, the quicker I'm spotting the people who are exhausting me. What do I do? Or now that I'm setting boundaries, I'm aware of how many relationships are really one-sided. I give to certain people all day long and they don't give back to me. What do I do now? How do I have new relationships? What do I say to these ones that are tricky? How do I know when it's time to just have a conversation with somebody or when it's time to cut my losses and gently begin to lean back? Or another question I get a lot around, People who are entrepreneurial in spirit is, okay, I've just started to run my own company, but now I'm worried that I don't even know how to make this work. Other people are counting on me. What will it take to be my own boss? And so it's sometimes when our light starts to turn on that we actually become aware of the darkness around us, of all of this unknown territory. And so in these moments, much like this transition from 2020 to 21, where we don't have all the answers yet, and we're not sure how everything's going to pan out yet, we've got to walk a longer bridge with our questions. 
We've got to allow the questions and this kind of dark matter space to be our companion on the journey into our best career. Because answers, if you think about it, those moments where we have a flash of insight, they're called a flash of insight because they're rare. Because we don't always get answers every single day. Those are the milestone moments. That's why we navigate all this tricky stuff is for the occasional illumination, for the moment where everything clicks quickly together. And all of a sudden we have a solution or a new way of seeing things, or we know what our next step is. So most of our career is really the holding of questions. It's the exploration we dare to give to ourselves. This reminds me a lot. You might have heard me mention that I was raised in a yoga ashram, which meant when I was a kiddo, only nine years old, my entire family moved to a yoga community to start studying yoga and meditation and wellness full time, which again, a story for another time. But I'm remembered of Putanjali's Yoga Sutras. These are kind of the backbone of the yoga world. And the first yoga sutra, if said in Sanskrit, is Atta Yoga Nushasanam. And that means now the inquiry of yoga. And I love that the lens of yoga in its original form is looked at as an inquiry. It's looked at this opportunity to live into the questions. So we know that the shortcut to making only partially effective plans is to plan before we sit still, right? How many of us have made decisions quick and off the cuff and then kind of regretted them later? They weren't ideal or they just led to a lot more work or maybe they just led to treading water. Everything was a lot to do, but nothing really changed. So you want more free time, some space to think. You know everything would be so much easier if you just had a little more wiggle room in your days. By golly, I hear ya. So let's talk about my favorite B word for a second, boundaries. 14 years of coaching has shown me that there is a direct correlation for women between how much time and energy you have to get to the things you really care about and the types of boundaries you're setting. But nobody has taught us to set boundaries in a way that feels good. And that's why this episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. This is my forthcoming at-home study course that's going to give you both the tools and the community support to make having boundaries both doable and downright enjoyable. I'll make sure to let you know when it's available. So get on the list by heading over to carlyfane.com and get totally free access to the mini Boundaries Like a Boss course. There is nothing for sale in this 45-minute program that outlines the three essential mindsets that women with boundaries know. And it comes with a step-by-step guidebook that will allow you to have the script to upgrade your boundaries on the spot, even when people push back on them. You know that hunch you've had for a long time that you're meant to do something meaningful in the world? It's right. Let's make sure that you get to do just that. So let's talk specifically about this strategy that we can use to help us get through these unknown times. This is something that I've been using professionally for at least 14 years and probably honestly, unofficially since I was a kid. And you know what? I bet you have been doing this since you were a child too. So when I said PPE earlier, the acronym, it stood for this three-part method that we have been using for a long time that has become particularly helpful 
in this last year of 2020. That stands for pause, plan, and experiment. And then we just rinse and repeat. It's like a good shampoo. We pause, we plan, and then we can experiment. Now, what I mean when I say that is that we actually intentionally, before we go making decisions, we give ourselves wiggle room to hold the question. I wish I could tell you that the holding of the question lasts three hours or it lasts three days or it lasts three weeks. It all depends. But there is so much spaciousness, much like our universe continues to expand. Our possibilities, our creativity, our problem-solving options expand when we give ourselves as much room as possible to be there with them. In fact, one of the women on our Council of Boundary Makers, and I'll tell you more about that in a moment, Dana LeMay, she just said to me recently, you know, Carly, so much of the drama in my life comes from moments of false urgency. And I just love that because isn't that the truth? There are things that are urgent. If somebody needs stitches or heaven forbid they break a bone or the house is on fire, we have to act quickly. That's essential. But if nothing's burning down and nobody's bleeding, those of us who do well professionally learn to discern what is important from what feels urgent. Many, many things feel urgent. In fact, I notice many of the things that feel urgent are actually the least important things. They're the dings going off in my phone. They're the quick texts that are coming in from other people that I want to respond to right away that actually would be a-okay if I got to them after I did some of the other important things. We just put so much pressure on ourselves to have the answers as if our worth or our value was tied to how quickly we respond to things. But your worth and your value, it's immense. It's beyond measure. It's present and it's here. So let me give you an example of what this PPE could look like. I'm going to pull something right out of my own real world that's happened this year. So you might have heard me mention that we have been putting together the Boundary Academy. It's going to launch this spring in March. I can't wait. It is years in the making. It's an at-home study course for women to help you elevate your boundaries. Now, Back in October, we rented out a space to finally film this. We got a professional videographer, hair and makeup. The whole thing is staged and planned. We go to record it. There is so much going on in the world at that moment. I had a loss of a loved one in my life. There were little riots happening outside of the studio because another black man was murdered by the police in Philadelphia. And there was just a lot to hold in that moment. And when I looked at the content, we just couldn't use it. Despite our best effort, you could tell it was just not my normal, Carly, energetic, delightful, playful self. It was this heavy, burdensome energy was coming through because frankly, I was exhausted. And so I sat with my EA Ellen and we're trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? And we had to pause. We had to say, okay, we don't know what's going to happen now. We just spent all this money and time recording this thing that we can't use. It would be fine, but it would only be fine. We know we can do better than that. And so we just marinated on what could we do differently now? What will this look like? And we really gave ourselves some time and some space around it. And as we did that, we started to have this idea. Rather than doing kind of a quiet launch, where we would just have a few people kind of try it out and do our beta test of testers first. We thought, what would happen if we handpick a council of boundary makers? If we actually got together a bunch of the women who we really respect and admire, who have all different walks of life, but who operate with integrity and a real sense of sisterhood, to come sit down and go through the course with me live. So rather than using the recordings, we just do it live. And they gave us our feedback 
and they told us what they thought of the experience, and they told us what parts were the best and what parts they would want to change. And rather than us having to figure it all out ourselves, we could practice what we teach, which is that women rise well together. We wouldn't have to be super geniuses. Rather, we would form this community of women. And the moment we landed on that idea, we knew it was exactly what we had to do. And so we've begun the experiment. We're beginning to assemble the Council of Boundary Makers. We've got 12 women already. We might bring in one or two more. And we're going to spend the month of January taking this for a whirl. And then we're going to repeat the process. So something happened that we didn't see coming in our career. We decided to pause just for a moment and figure out, okay, Let's let this land. Let's get some rest. And then we're going to start to plan. We planned a new way. And now we're taking the experiment. And so far, this experiment has been incredibly life-giving. Women are coming out of the woodwork to support this. We've never seen a professional model like this done before. And we're delighted to experiment with it. Because we know when we launch in March that this is going to create an entirely richer experience for the new women who get to take the program for the first time. So this was our PPE right? This was rather than pushing hard, rather than putting on our thinking caps and forcing our way through because it felt urgent, but it actually wasn't. We gave ourselves a little bit of space to be there. So this could look like any number of things in your real world yet, right? This could look like one of my clients, she's restructuring her entire business and she has taken the past year to just really slow down, which felt really scary at first. And just be thoughtful about what she wants to create next. And she's still working. She's still taking care of her clients, but she just didn't launch a bunch of new things and things that weren't working for her anymore. She slowly started to delegate or just let go of altogether. And she said to me just last week, she said, Carly, I am the most rested and clear and inspired that I have been in years. I'm ready to relaunch my business now. But how exactly am I going to make money doing this? And I love that she was holding this question. And through our conversation, we realized that wasn't actually the best question. The better question in the spirit of PPE was, what's the first way I'm going to try to make money doing this, right? Or what is one way I can make money doing it? That was the experiment we focused in. What's one place where we just start? So she paused, now she's beginning to plan and she's going to experiment with one way of bringing new revenue into her business. Maybe you don't work for yourself. Maybe you're in a position of, say, looking for a new job. What is one website you can research on or one person you can talk to about this next? How can you turn this in to the inquiry, into the experiment? Try one thing, then pause, reflect on it, and then plan. And that's where we ask the next question. The pause is so important. Bernard Berenson, he was an American art historian from Lithuania, actually, originally. He was born in 1865, and there are copies of his diary that he decided to share. They're called Sunset in the Twilight Diaries. And he said this one particular line in there. He said, in my experience, you can have ability without leisure, but ability only and not creativeness. Real ideas come to me while relaxed and brooding, meditative, passive. Then the unexpected happens. And illumination, a combination of words, a revelation for which I have made no conscious preparation. I so appreciate these lines from Bernard Benson. They mirror what we're experiencing in my company and what my clients are experiencing too. That we are not robots. 
We are not made to crank out work as if it's summer all the time, that the pause is incredibly important. And for us high achievers, that's where the real work comes in, right? Because we're comfortable being active. The slowing down, as much as we say we want it, can actually be really unfamiliar. And this is where I've got to point something important out. Inability to rest when given the opportunity, it's the result of a gap in what we trust. It's based in a myth that says, you know, in our own head that somehow the universe is out to screw us over. And there comes a time where we have to decide if it's at least possible that things will work out even if you don't sacrifice yourself. Rather than that fleeting, ineffective drive to suffer or die as a martyr for a cause, could you be brave enough to live for it for a long time? Could you be brave enough to be a hero instead of a martyr? Meaning, could you be brave enough to rest and give yourself the respite required to keep showing up for what you care about in your career or your health or your relationships like a marathon? Because that's ideally what it is, not a sprint. And so when everyone's going big and fast and wide and doing the most, what might happen if you go slow for a moment? or you were intentional or a little bit deeper right now. And this is exactly what I am beginning to do right now as we culminate on this year. And already there are five things that I have found just in this past year alone, I have made deeper roots into. Meaning these are things that I knew logically. I bet when I say them out loud to you, there'll be ones that you have definitely thought about before. And yet, like an onion, it turns out they've got layers. (laughs) They go deeper. I have found that there are even meaningful layers to each of these things that I am going to share. So here are five things that have made this past year richer for me when I went a little deeper into them. Number one, being flexible. Like we talked about just a couple episodes ago in episode 58, what doesn't bend breaks. And we know that, right? The whole goal is to be nimble, is to evolve, is to be a little bit malleable in our economy as it continues to shift and change and understanding that careers might never be exactly the same. We have to be able to roll with change. But 2020 has definitely made us all clear that we're going to have to be perhaps even a little bit more flexible than we're used to. And so one thing I noticed was that trying to do work once COVID started the way I had been working before was a recipe for disappointing and frustrating myself on a regular basis. So given the changes that were happening globally and within my personal life, I went through a move and the end of a relationship, just like many of us have, right? Not in addition to COVID, we're also navigating our own personal lives too. And I realized that my normal schedule, which was to unofficially, you know, wake up first thing in the morning, do a couple hours of the things that give me nourishment and then start my official workday from 10 to 3 each day wasn't working for me anymore. I was so fatigued by about one o'clock every day that I could just about fall over. I could fall easily asleep. And I realized after fighting it for months, that that's exactly what I had to do. I had to pause in the middle of the day, take a little breather, and then come back after dinner. And I never work after dinner. I never stay up late, at least on a regular basis. And that's what I needed to do now. I was so inspired. Something hits me between 7 and 9 p.m. during this time of COVID. It's unusual. I don't know what it's about, but it works. I had to restructure the way I saw my work days, even though I work for myself. I was fighting myself. And if you're noticed, just a side note for anybody else who works for themselves or who has a little bit of autonomy during your workday, 
If you notice that your boss is kind of a jerk and you work for yourself, (laughs) it's time to look at that, right? If you're talking to yourself in ways you would never talk to somebody that reports to you, it's time to pause there. So the thing I went a little deeper to is learning that I have to be flexible. It's not just a logical concept, it's an action and it's something I need to check in with on a regular basis. Number two, one thing I learned that was really important are that boundaries matter. And more specifically, that I need to let bricks fall. Here's what I mean when I say that. One thing that I am learning is that people who aren't able to watch out for my well-being in our relationships, they really don't like it when I stop letting them exploit me. (laughs) And I don't mean this in any extreme way. I don't have anybody in my life after years of practicing boundaries that actively tries to exploit me in major ways. But there are people who expect me to put their needs above mine on a regular basis. And so what I've noticed is for those folks, when I lean back, when I stop buying into their story, when I stop giving them my energy, they are so used to handing me their bricks their requests, their asks, their energetic pulls on me so that when I stop taking those bricks, sometimes they downright hurl them at me. (laughs) Sometimes they will actually throw bricks at me, meaning they might become vicious or really tense or really lash out when they're not getting the energy from me that they're used to getting. And it is my job to just let the bricks fall at my feet, to not pick them up. It is so important for us in the setting of boundaries to be able to discern what is mine to carry and what isn't. And if this subject around boundaries is speaking to you, you know this is something I live and work into. Make sure you go get free access to my boundaries like a boss course. There's nothing for sale in there. I'll make sure we put a link to that right here in the show notes wherever you're listening to this in case any of this is relatable. This idea of people handing you bricks or downright tossing them at you. I have let so many bricks fall at my feet. There is so much that we are just made to witness. And that is so important if we want to have the energy to show up for what does matter for the actions that we do need to be taking right now. All right, number three, and this one's a little personal, but I trust you at this point. We've had more than a year together and I'm going to share it with you. We can feel multiple things at once. Now, what's interesting about this one is that it is literally the topic for our first episode of Messy and Magnificent. It is the reason the show is called Messy and Magnificent is because we understand as adults that we are capable of feeling more than one thing at once, meaning we can be messy and magnificent at the same time. We can be unsure and take steps at the same time. We can feel sad and inspired at the same time. Now, one of the things I navigated this year was the ending of my close uh, romantic relationship, and it was a good choice. It was the right call for us, not an easy call, but the right call. And I've made a lot of peace with the fact that we made the right decision around that. And yet the other day, I was in my room, I was setting up some things, unpacking some boxes in my new home, and I got this wave of just missing my former partner. And without even thinking about it unconsciously, I was resisting the crap out of that wave (laughs) because I know that we made the right decision in ending it. I know that talk about a place where I could pick up bricks for an eternity. That is a place where I could be picking up bricks. If the more I think about it, the more there's going to be to think about. And it was really healthy and important for me to not ruminate too long there. But this nagging sensation of just missing him was there. 
And I said, you know what? Let me just feel that way. It doesn't make any logical sense. I know this is the right call. I know it's been many of months. I'm really happy where I am right now. And yet there's part of me that misses this person. I am happy that we have space and there is still part of me that misses. And the moment I said that, the moment I gave myself permission to feel both things at the same time, there was this clicking sensation as if integration was happening. All the energy it takes to resist the things that we want to be different is exhausting. There is so much power in when we allow ourselves to feel the way we actually feel. So number three here, we can feel multiple things at once. And in daring to do so, we no longer feel pulled in multiple directions. Rather, our energy can be unified. It can all arrive in one place. All right, number four, there is no end goal. Now, I wonder if I get automatically kicked out of the field of coaching when I say that goals are not all they're cracked up to be, (laughs) because goals are such an essential part of the coaching process, at least as has been traditionally been taught. And I do believe in goals. Uh, We just set some big goals today within my company. But here's the thing. It's mostly the process. Most of our life is the process. Just like most of our life is the questions and not the answers, most of our life is also the process and not the end goal. So what matters most is our ability to be in the process. So if we go back to this process with the Boundary Academy, right? It's we're in the process of creating something that we want to see continue to evolve for as long as it lives, right? That we're not signing up for one specific goal or else, that we're in this. For the long haul, we are committed to the process. And so I wonder for you, you know, what do you care about so much that you would be willing to be in it for the process for a long time? And if there are things in your life that you actually don't care about, if you think, oh my gosh, if I have to spend a lifetime or even another month or another year focusing on this thing, it's going to have some major consequences for me. Well, that's something to take note on also right? If we don't care about something enough to be devoted to it for the long haul, then it's time to sit with some questions about what might need to change or shift here. Oh, it's mostly the process. All right, number five, and this is the summary of today's entire episode. Rest is productive. And I say this again, Because it is something that I live and breathe. It is probably the most important thing we do as a company. You've heard me talk about culmination before, if you've listened, about how essential that is. I'm going to make sure we put a link to the episode that I did specifically on rest and how to leverage it. And I shared a lot of data and stats in that episode. I'll put a link to that here in the show notes. But rest is not separate from our work. They are two sides to the same coin, right? The work allows us to rest and the rest allows us to do our best work. So these five things, quick recap that I've realized as I can go a little deeper into are being flexible, letting the bricks fall when people hand or hurl them our way, knowing that we can feel multiple things at one time. That there is no final end goal. We are all part of the grand continuum of human life. Can we show up for the process? And number five, rest is a form of productivity. It just might not look like anything to anybody else. So here's what I want to know from you. If you live into your professional PPE, what will your pause look like today or this week? 
Keep it small and specific. Are you going to just take three deep breaths while your tea is brewing in the morning? Are you going to be intentional about softening your shoulders in the car when you're sitting at a red light or when Zoom glitches happen? (laughs) Could that be the moment where you remember to take a sip of water or schedule a nap or schedule a conversation with somebody that feels like respite for you? I want to know about that. Head over to LinkedIn or tag me in a screenshot on Instagram or review on iTunes and let's keep this conversation going. Because in January, I'm going to be back. After you've had a moment to rest, we're going to begin to plan together what this next year is going to look like. I'm showing up with a plan for you and what a heck of a year we're going to have experimenting together. Because isn't this just part of us really at the core? We're all kind of like scientists when we're kids. When I watch my nephews as toddlers, they have this way of pausing, watching what's around them, and then they play. They experiment, they pause, they take stock of why the blocks just fell over, they plan how they're going to build them differently, and they start all over again. And what's the only thing that's different about toddlers than adults in this personal regard is that toddlers don't judge themselves when the blocks fall down. They know when it's time to walk away and do something else, and when it's time to come back after a pause and start all over again. This is certainly how we build in nimbleness and joy and evolution and room for creative expression and problem solving in our careers and beyond. So remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including professional pockets to pause and rest and recharge before you plan the next thing. And I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.